NY Governor Andrew Cuomo, known as a micromanager in all things, expressly denied frantic requests by nursing home officials to send COVID patients to the nearly empty, 1,000-bed Jacob Javits Center, instead of to nursing homes, where they could be safely away from vulnerable nursing home residents. Last May AP reported. Critics have suggested nursing homes were already overwhelmed and a better solution might have been sending them to the virtually empty Jacob K. Javits Convention Center, which was retrofitted to treat COVID-19 patients, or an even less utilized Navy hospital ship that has since left Manhattan. As the virus was racing through his nursing home, the head of Brooklyn's Cobble Hill Health Center frantically emailed state health officials April 9 asking just that. Is there a way for us to send our suspected COVID cases to the Javits Center or the ship? Donnie Tuckman wrote. Tuckman said he was denied permission. And in an April, the NY Post reported in New York refused to send nursing homes COVID-19 patients to nearly empty USNS Comfort. Cobble Hill Health Center CEO Donnie Tuckman sent a desperate email to state health department officials on April 9, asking if there was a way for us to send our suspected COVID patients to the hospital built inside the Javits Convention Center or the U.S. Naval Hospital Ship Comfort, the underutilized federal medical facilities on Manhattan's west side. We don't have the ability to cohort right now based on staffing, and we really want to protect our other patients, Tuckman wrote in a chain of the emails reviewed by the Post. He was denied. The requests were denied at a critical early moment in the spring pandemic. Immediately afterwards, exponential increases in deaths were observed and reported across the nation. One-third to half of COVID deaths have been nursing home residents or residents of other special care facilities. Cuomo had just issued his controversial March 25 order, which forced NY nursing homes to take in COVID patients, over the pleas and objections of nursing home officials. Cuomo's order was mimicked in four other states by almost identical orders, by NJ Governor Phil Murphy on March 31, PA Governor Tom Wolf on March 31, ME Governor Gretchen Whitmer on April 15, and CA Governor Gavin Newsom on March 30. The denial of permission to place COVID patients safely distant from vulnerable elderly casts an entirely different light upon the now infamous NY nursing home episode, suggesting an almost active criminality, as safer choices than the nursing homes were available, but actively blocked. If performed actively with full knowledge of consequences, Cuomo's actions could meet the strict definition of crimes against humanity under the World War II Nuremberg Code, which reads widespread or systematic policy, directed against civilians, in times of war or peace. As NY Democrats now call for Cuomo to resign over sexual harassment allegations, observers note Riley that the deaths of thousands of nursing home residents did not prompt similar outrage. On the same day as the nursing home order was issued, New York City bought 45 refrigerated trucks in anticipation of a surge of deaths, according to Bloomberg News. These were to become the backdrop of the famous images of death in NYC two weeks later, which shocked the nation into submitting to unprecedented economic devastation and curtailment of individual liberties. On April 23 the New York Post reported that a nursing home executive said, Cuomo has blood on his hands. He really does. There's no way to sugarcoat this. The governors of the other states who issued similar orders are now under fire as well. Last fall, a Michigan state senator won his race for county prosecutor on the pledge that he would prosecute Governor Whitmer for ordering COVID patients into nursing homes. Then state senator Peter Lucinda said Whitmer cold-blooded killed residents in nursing homes. In California, Governor Gavin Newsom is facing a strong recall campaign in which organizers believe they now have enough signatures to trigger an election. The official recall website blasts Newsom for continuing to destroy the lives and businesses of hardworking Californians. The site calls Newsom a tyrant. A pattern emerges. 
It is almost inconceivable that it is a coincidence that four governors of some of the most densely populated states, at almost the same time, issued orders with much the same wording and effect, of turbocharging the early pandemic body count. Below, U.S. deaths, click for larger image. Below, Pennsylvania deaths, click for larger image. It is becoming difficult to avoid the picture of a pandemic planned, delivered, and managed in order to unleash an unprecedented assault on individual rights around the world, by big tech, big pharma, and the financial elite which owns the major media. Over what is now known to be a 99.4% to 99.8% survival rate virus, which is similar to flu. This is the contention of former high-level Bush senior administration official Catherine Austin Fitz. Among this evidence. Death count inflation. An openly stated official policy of making the death count appear as high as possible, contrary to standard practice, by misrepresenting deaths with COVID as being of COVID. This was clearly articulated in no uncertain terms when last April Dr. Deborah Burks of the White House Coronavirus Task Force said. To mark it as COVID-19 infection the intent is right now that those if someone dies with COVID-19 we are counting that as a COVID-19. In a congressional oversight hearing last July, CDC Director Robert Redfield acknowledged that COVID deaths could be inflated due to perverse financial incentives to call deaths COVID. Redfield told Rep. Blaine Lukemeyer, Armo. I think you're correct in that we've seen this in other disease processes too. Early in the HIV epidemic, somebody may have a heart attack but also have HIV. The hospital would prefer the DRG for HIV because there is greater reimbursement. Based on these numbers cited by the media and government, treated somewhat breezily by Redfield, millions of livelihoods have been destroyed, educations disrupted, and deaths of despair such as suicides have increased. As reported by the Washington Examiner in December, an audit of nearly 3,000 death certificates in MN which were listed as COVID found that at least 40% of the deaths were not from COVID as the primary cause, but from heart attacks, flu, cancer, automobile accidents, drowning, and gunshot wounds. Government COVID death counting policies are the subject of the 25-page report by a team of international researchers. At no time has the U.S. media questioned COVID death count methodology. No mention of high false positive rates in COVID testing. Relentless announcement of new cases of the highly survivable virus, even though half to 90% of positive test results are false, as reported in the UK Daily Mail and by NBC San Diego. A former vice president and chief science officer for Pfizer for 16 years, Dr. Mike Eaton, says that half or even almost all of tests for COVID are false positives. False comparison to the Spanish flu. Relentless, false comparison to the 1918 Spanish flu, with a death toll of nearly 700,000 people, although because the population of the U.S. was one-third of what it is now, in per capita terms it is not comparable. Much better comparisons are the completely invisible and unremarked upon 1957 or the 1968 flu pandemics, which, like COVID, affected mostly nursing homes and special care facilities, without a single mention in the media that they were even taking place, never mind used to justify lockdowns or masks. Click for larger image. Click for larger image disingenuous fear-mongering. The media highlighting that the U.S. had the highest number of deaths in 2020, than in any year in history is an inevitable result of the U.S. population being larger than at any time in history, and there being more deaths in each passing year than in the previous one due to the aging of the baby boomers. Unprecedented, targeted censorship. Some bias and de facto censorship is nothing new in America, but never has there been an unprecedented campaign against information which does not support the narrative of an unusual deadly disease with no remedies available, or which challenges the safety or necessity of experimental drugs being, 
incorrectly, referred to as vaccines. The funding of flawed studies intended to discourage the adoption of life-saving remedies. Debbie Maimon of the respected Orthodox Jewish newspaper Yated Neiman writes on February 3. For the second time in a month, strong positions taken against early outpatient drug treatment for COVID-19 by federal agencies and the medical establishment have quietly been withdrawn. This suggests a long-awaited turning point in the battle against the disease, many believe. Three weeks ago, the NIH withdrew its opposition to wonder drug ivermectin as a treatment for both outpatient and hospitalized COVID patients. One study cited by the FDA which showed that hydroxychloroquine, HCQ, may cause heart side effects was conducted by administering many times the recommended dose, as much as 1,200 mg a day for 10 days, or 12,000 mg. The upper end dose for Plaquenil, HCQ, for the treatment of malaria is 2,000 mg, according to directions. Adults, 800 mg followed by 400 mg at 6 hours, 24 hours and 48 hours after the initial dose. This was six times recommended dose. This is the study which prompted the FDA to issue its warning over the use of HCQ. Yale School of Public Health's Dr. Harvey Risch has said careful use of HCQ could have saved 75,000 to 100,000 lives. HCQ studies. Dr. Risch has lambasted Dr. Anthony Fauci for using his clout as a high official to suppress cheap, life-saving treatments for AIDS in the 80s, in order to pave the way for more profitable drugs and vaccines. Coronaviruses are not new. Misrepresentation of the COVID-19 virus is completely new, to which there is no resistance. As Dr. Yeadon, formerly of Pfizer, and his colleagues write, there are at least four well-characterized family members, 229E, NL63, OC43 and HKU1, which are endemic and cause some of the common colds we experience, especially in winter. They all have striking sequence similarity to the new coronavirus. The scientists stress. It is now established that at least 30% of our population already had immunological recognition of this new virus, before it even arrived, COVID-19 is new, but coronaviruses are not. Dr. Yidin says that, as a result of prior T-cell immune responses to other coronaviruses, only 15-25% to of a population being infected may be sufficient to reach herd immunity. Growing evidence that the COVID-19 virus was man-made. Fox journalist Steve Hilton once again took to the airwaves last Sunday in a frontal assault on Dr. Anthony Fauci, relentlessly demanding a response from Fauci on why NIH grants for gain-of-function research on bat coronaviruses were funneled, at Fauci's direction, and against a U.S. ban on such research, to the Wuhan lab in China starting in 2014. The Wuhan lab is, like all institutions in the closed and strictly controlled society, under the control of the Chinese Communist Party, and under the direct orders of the People's Liberation Army. Hilton revealed the documents in a two-part special investigation broadcast on the Fox channel, both embedded below. It is known that at that time, the Wuhan lab was in possession of the bat coronavirus which most closely matches COVID-19, except for characteristics which allow COVID-19 to be transmitted from human to human. This, says Hilton, brandishing NIH documents to support his claims, is the precise area covered by the gain-of-function research funded by Fauci. Addressing Fauci directly into the camera, Hilton says, the more we dig into this story, the more it looks as if we were right, that you commissioned the genetic experiments which led to the creation of SARS-CoV-2. Hilton repeatedly has invited Fauci or any other NIH official on the air to dispute his conclusions, and set the record straight. The Chinese government has repeatedly refused to grant access to international observers and scientists to determine what is in, or may have been created, within the lab. Hilton Part 1, 
January 26, 2021, View at Bitute. Hilton Part 2, February 2, 2021, View at Bitute. Hilton Part 3, Direct Challenge to Dr. Fauci, View at Bitute. Suppression of Vaccine Dangers. Perhaps most disturbing of all, the possibly criminal suppression of discussion of the current death toll possibly related to the Pfizer and Moderna mRNA shots, and the dangers of the drugs, warned of by hundreds if not thousands of doctors, scientists, and medical professionals. Many doctors and scientists, whose voices have been silenced, see no need for a vaccine at all for a 99.8% survival rate virus, overall, and 96% for people over 70. Former Vice President and Chief Science Officer for Pfizer Dr. Mike Eden, says. There is absolutely no need for vaccines to extinguish the pandemic. I've never heard such nonsense talked about vaccines. You do not vaccinate people who aren't at risk from a disease. You also don't set about planning to vaccinate millions of fit and healthy people with a vaccine that hasn't been extensively tested on human subjects. The UK Independent reports. A successful vaccine has never been developed for any of the many strains of coronaviruses, due to the nature of the virus itself, and vaccinated people can have a higher chance of serious illness and death when later exposed to another strain of the virus, a phenomenon known as virus interference. An earlier SARS vaccine never made it to market because the laboratory animals it was tested on contracted more serious symptoms on reinfection, and most of them died. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., founder of Children's Health Defense, writes, Scientists first attempted to develop coronavirus vaccines after China's 2002 SARS-CoV outbreak. Teams of U.S. and foreign scientists vaccinated animals with the four most promising vaccines. At first, the experiment seemed successful as all the animals developed a robust antibody response to coronavirus. However, when the scientists exposed the vaccinated animals to the wild virus, the results were horrifying. Vaccinated animals suffered hyperimmune responses including inflammation throughout their bodies, especially in their lungs. Researchers had seen the same enhanced immune response during human testing of the failed RSV vaccine test seen in the 1960s. Two children died. The makers of the current injections are shielded for liability for lawsuits in the event of any and all adverse reactions at any time. C. The coming genocide of adverse COVID-vax reactions, and who to blame for it. This month a highly regarded virologist who formerly worked for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation urged a halt in all mass COVID vaccinations, arguing that there are enormous risks that are not being taken account of. Video below, Hert Vanden Bossa, the chute backup. If all this were true, wouldn't scientists be saying something? Wouldn't you be hearing about all this on major media? To answer this it might be useful to recall that it is considered conspiracy theory by the media to say that Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself, even though few people believe the official story. Thus our level of trust in the media and our major institutions like the medical establishment should be carefully examined. In addition, a blockbuster documentary by Journeyman Pictures exposes the incestuous relationship between big pharmaceutical companies and the medical establishment, by which profit-making drug companies ghost-write scientific articles for prestigious medical journals, which then find doctors and scientists to put their names on the study as the authors, compensating them handsomely. In 2011 the editor of The Lancet Richard Horton, one of the world's most prestigious medical journals, wrote scathingly. Journals have devolved into information laundering operations for the pharmaceutical industry. The documentary is the illusion of evidence-based medicine, video below. What goal could have been behind the cold-blooded murder of tens of thousands of nursing home patients? This January 20-year U.S. Congressman and former presidential candidate Dr. Ron Paul wrote. 
World Economic Forum founder and executive chairman Klaus Schwab has proposed using the overreaction to coronavirus to launch a worldwide Great Reset. This Great Reset is about expanding government power and suppressing liberty worldwide, the Great Reset will dramatically expand the surveillance state via real-time tracking. It will also mandate that people receive digital certificates in order to travel and even technology implanted in their bodies to monitor them. Not helping matters in the business of debunking conspiracy theories about Bill Gates is the fact that a key director of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Dan Wattendorf, who specializes in innovative technology solutions, comes from a military background at DARPA, the U.S. military spook technology arm. Wattendorf oversees the foundation's strategy to develop and implement new biomarkers. Coincidentally, DARPA has partnered with the California company Profusa, which is awaiting FDA approval for its new, syringe-injectable biochip for the human body. It may be nothing, but the optics are not good. See, here is Bill Gates' injectable biochip, for those who think it is conspiracy theory. Profusa biochip, source, defense one, a military-funded biosensor could be the future of pandemic detection. If Dr. Paul is right, then critical to this great reset is the ultimate institution of mandatory or coerced access to the bloodstream and tissues of the over 99% of the population, which does not travel in private planes or live in well-stocked mansions or compounds with private security forces. In a bizarre moment in one interview, last year, Bill Gates seemed to indicate that he knew something about another pandemic in store, when he said, the next pandemic, will get attention. Bill Gates in documentary, the next pandemic will get attention. View clip on BitChute, full documentary on Gates. Also see, tech giants Google, Oracle to monitor Americans who get COVID-19 vaccine, children's health defense. End of article. Read next. Bill Gates critic Ron Paul shut down from Facebook after Great Reset article. Ron Paul, who recently wrote an essay warning of an endgame for the coronavirus outbreak which is for human control purposes, has been banned from communicating with his millions of Facebook followers. The mild-mannered former congressman, presidential candidate, and family physician has been a perpetual thorn in the side of big Wall Street banks, and oligarchs such as Bill Gates. As one digs in for a reason, a number of interesting recent posts from Dr. Paul emerge. In a message on Twitter Dr. Paul wrote, With no explanation other than repeatedly going against our community standards, at Facebook has blocked me from managing my page. Never have we received notice of violating community standards in the past and nowhere is the offending post identified. Dr. Paul joins another former high government official, Catherine Austin Fitz, in detailing a plan to use mandatory vaccinations as a gateway into people's bodies for the purpose of connecting them to artificial intelligence control and surveillance platforms. Fitz was Assistant Secretary of Housing and Human Development under President George H.W. Bush. Greater than with no explanation other than repeatedly going against our community standards, at Facebook has blocked me from managing my page. Never have we received notice of violating community standards in the past and nowhere is the offending post identified. Pick.twitter.com slash ad. Mime9goofa. Greater than. Greater than Ron Paul, at Ron Paul, January 11, 2021. Dr. Paul wrote on January 4th in Oppression. The Great Reset is about expanding government power and suppressing liberty. World Economic Forum founder and executive chairman Klaus Schwab has proposed using the overreaction to coronavirus to launch a worldwide Great Reset. This Great Reset is about expanding government power and suppressing liberty worldwide, the Great Reset will dramatically expand the surveillance state via real-time tracking. It will also mandate that people receive digital certificates in order to travel and even technology implanted in their bodies to monitor them. 
Klaus Schwab, chairman of the World Economic Forum, a gathering of the world's most powerful people which meets in Davos, Switzerland to discuss future trends and initiatives, is the mastermind of the Great Reset which is presented as a response to environmental crisis. However, in his July 2020 book COVID-19, The Great Reset, Schwab readily admits that COVID is a mild disease which nevertheless serves the purpose of instituting undreamed of controls over humanity. Schwab writes that COVID-19 is one of the least deadly pandemics the world has experienced over the last 2,000 years, the consequences of COVID-19 in terms of health and mortality will be mild compared to previous pandemics. Dr. Paul said in his article, The Great Reset involves a huge expansion of the welfare state via a universal basic income program. This can help ensure compliance with the Great Reset's authoritarian measures, we are told the lockdowns are ordered because of a virus that poses no great danger to a very large percentage of the American public. Yet, instead of adopting a different approach, politicians are doubling down on the failed policies of masks and lockdowns. Meanwhile, big tech companies, which are already often acting as partners of government, silence anyone who questions the official line regarding the threat of coronavirus or the effectiveness of lockdowns, masks, and vaccines. Schwab and Bill Gates Schwab and Canadian Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau Bill Gates' fingerprints on all aspects of COVID and new control technologies As far back as April, Dr. Paul pointed out that Gates, a private citizen who nevertheless is one of the world's richest men, has been the driving force behind worldwide forced vaccination programs for a decade. Gates says that proof of vaccination will be needed to allow life to go on as normal for individuals, saying in one of a relentless campaign of interviews since the COVID outbreak last spring. Eventually there will be sort of this digital immunity proof that will help facilitate the global reopening up. In one of Dr. Paul's widely viewed, Regular online broadcasts his show pointed out that Gates was a key financial backer of a tattoo-like digital identification record which could store vast amounts of data on each person under the skin, readable by a scanner. ScienceAlert.com wrote in 2019. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation funded the team's research, which was published in the journal Science Translational Medicine on Wednesday. According to a Scientific American story, the project came about following a direct request from Microsoft founder Bill Gates himself, who has been personally involved in efforts to eradicate polio and measles through vaccinations. Below, Dr. Paul Paul show on Bill Gates. Greater than Bill Gates, overpopulation, and possibly microchipping people, or worse. Greater than. Greater than watch the whole show here, https colon slash slash t.co slash e3 of 3 is 21 pic.twitter.com slash 23 okstu. FM. Greater than. Greater than Ron Paul, at Ron Paul. April 22, 2020. Greater than Bill Gates, his money, and the consequences that everyone else faces. Greater than. Greater than watch the whole show here, https colon slash slash t.co slash ipno 6 pictwittercom slash a40kent51. Greater than. Greater than Ron Paul, at Ron Paul, December 10, 2020. The Gates Foundation has funded the initiative The Decade of Vaccines, One of the talents tapped by Gates to drive the initiative is Dr. Anthony Fauci. Last April Fauci was the subject of a Newsweek expose, Dr. Fauci-backed controversial Wuhan lab with US dollars for risky coronavirus research. Recently Fauci and others have been reciting that if only everyone in the nation wore masks consistently, 130,000 lives could be saved. The study which makes this conclusion comes out of the University of Washington's Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation, which is also heavily funded by Bill Gates. Masks severely hamper interpersonal connection and exchange of emotion, and reinforce a crisis atmosphere. 
it is difficult for people to connect, and perhaps organize a resistance, under mask and social distance rules. Bill Gates also gave nearly $8 million to Imperial College professor Neil Ferguson, author of the now-discredited report which forecast over 2 million dead in 2020 in the U.S. if it did not lock down and implement mask laws. The report is entitled Report 9, Impact of Non-Pharmaceutical Interventions, NPIs, to Reduce COVID-19 Mortality and Healthcare Demand. In Belgium, a lawsuit is underway which names both Gates and Ferguson as defendants in a scheme to defraud the public by the criminal exploitation of the COVID crisis. Despite a carefully crafted image that Gates is a late-life billionaire who is now giving away his fortune, Gates' net worth has been steadily climbing as his giving has increased. In India, a committee of investigation found that thousands of girls, whose families were illiterate, were maimed by vaccine trials funded by Gates of Gardasil, an anti-HPV vaccine made by Merck, in which Gates had investments. The respected India Economic Times reports. Greater than the committee found that, in many other cases, thumbprint impressions of their poor and illiterate parents were duly affixed onto the consent form. The children also had no idea about the nature of the disease or the vaccine. This is potentially in violation of principles established at the Nuremberg trials, following the trial of the Nazi doctor Joseph Mengele, that no experiments could be conducted on a person without their fully informed consent. Gates could be prosecuted on these ground alone, by any duly sworn prosecutor in any nation that is signatory to the Geneva Conventions. Dr. Paul's views dovetail with H.W. Bush administration official Catherine Austin Fitz. Fitz lays out the Great Reset and how to stop it. Catherine Austin Fitz is an investment banker and former Assistant Secretary of Housing and Urban Development under President George H.W. Bush. Secretary Fitz describes how the push for a mandatory universal vaccination program is a gateway to global enslavement of most of humanity. Further reading. H.W. Bush administration official Catherine Austin Fitz lays out the Great Reset and how to stop it. Healthy doctor dies after COVID vaccine, NY bill introduced for vax mandate. The coming genocide of adverse COVID vax reactions, and WHO to blame for IT. Professor Dolores Cahill, why people will start dying a few months after the first mRNA vaccination. Here is Bill Gates' injectable biochip, for those WHO think it is conspiracy theory. Death certificate audit shows COVID deaths inflated by possible 40%, calls for national audit. Science backs DR. Judy Mikovits warning that COVID vaccine could kill 50 million Americans. Will Cuomo face justice for nursing home executions? Newsweek, DR. Fauci-backed controversial Wuhan lab with US dollars for risky coronavirus research. Former chief science officer for Pfizer says second wave faked on false positive COVID tests, pandemic is over. Health worker dies after taking Pfizer vaccine, leaks show Pfizer infiltrated by agents of Chinese government. CDC, 200,000 COVID deaths may actually be flu, heart attacks, poison, or gunshot. CDC, COVID vaccine reactions render 3,150 people unable to work, perform daily activities. Young, healthy COVID vaccine trials volunteer dies. 99.8% survival rate bug day 280, Oxford scientist refuses to back down on herd immunity. Dr. Kerry Maddage urgently warns against coming DARPA hydrogel and COVID vaccines, total control of humans through artificial intelligence. Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg. Klaus Schwab, chairman of World Economic Forum. Ron Paul for President 2012 College Rally.